0: What's up, everyone? Welcome again to another episode of the Reveille Revival go, Podcast. Go, 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 so great go, to be talking go, with y'all go, again. Go. And uh, yeah, so um, today we wanted to talk about a few things. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Battle, how are you doing? How are you doing
1: today? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Good,
0: good. But yeah, one of the things we wanted to talk about today is fear. It has a I, I think it has a pretty big impact on everybody, but as you get older and older, you like to think that it doesn't. Um, like like as you get older, especially like when you're a teenager, it's like, oh, uh, either either uh, you feel like you're supposed to have like l- either you feel like you're supposed to not have as much of an effect on you. Or other people are telling it, telling you that it shouldn't have an effect on you. But anyway, I feel like it gets downplayed, like it's a fact, and uh, mm. and like it's kind of catastrophic in that sense.
1: Yeah, yeah. What do you think? Um, most definitely, I think that people typically think, uh, well, uh, thinks, but people typically tend to think that fear will go away with age. But uh, that's not the case. Uh, I'm not even gonna lie. I was one of the ones that used to think that, like, oh. As I get older, it'll go away. But no, it never goes away. It's something that's natural within us. And uh, I saw a guy give a wise quote, and he was like, "Uh, someone who's brave isn't someone who isn't scared. It's someone who's scared but does it anyway. Oh,
0: I've never heard of that one. I
1: like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, um, most definitely. It's something definitely worth talking about and uh, just getting more clarity on.
0: Mm -hmm. so uh one of the things i'd like to ask Airman battle is what's some some things that you see in your day-to-day life that are just like that you'd care to share but are just
1: like genuinely scary genuinely scary things that i see in my daily life Uh oh let's see what do i what typically tends to scare me uh some things in traffic. If we're talking about just daily basis, day to day life, <laughs> uh-huh. like I, I don't like. Sometimes I get anxiety whenever I'm driving. Um, and, oh and yeah. Especially like on the interstate and stuff, like because I, I guess I'm still like, I'm just still starting to warm up to it, and you know what, not coming out of tech school and uh-huh. having been driving for what like six months, but oh, yeah. yeah, uh. That tends to give me a little bit of anxiety um let's see what else other than that mm, not, well, this is not an everyday thing, but the thought the thought of um just the thought of people not taking Christ seriously and and sometimes, including myself, not being like strictly on this path that Christ was clear that He wanted us to follow, and uh, suffering the, the consequences for that—that that thought scares me. Of uh, you know, just suffering eternal damnation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those, yeah, it can be those scary thought. Yeah, for right. Yeah. What about you, man?
0: Let's see. For me, my day to day. You know, sometimes, like, it's weird here. We're just talking to each other, basically. But, like, public speaking or uh, talking to people that I'm not that familiar with, like, at work or uh, at my church or something, it's kind of nerve-wracking for me. It gets a little easier uh, each time I do it. But that's kind of nerve-wracking.
1: And um, I'm glad you- Oh, my bad. Oop.
0: No, no, what was it?
1: I was just about to say, yeah, I can relate to that too. I'm glad you mentioned that because I forgot completely about that.
0: Yeah. I heard, I heard a couple times, like some people are more scared of public speaking than death. And I'm like, okay, okay, that seems a little outrageous, but I can kind of get that. <laughs> um, let's see what else. I'm totally with you on the driving thing. Uh, when I got back from tech school, it was a little weird at first. <laughs> It can definitely be stressful, especially like here in Austin. Uh, yeah. If you take certain highways that are so heavy under construction right now, it gets kind of crazy. Um, what else? I like guess it's just like in- a balance of, uh, like a balance of life, because we're we're guard. So you have your civilian life, and then you also have to try and pursue uh like your military career as best as you can so you don't get seen as like slacking cause you want to do good in it uh so you have to figure out how to do good while you're still a civilian and then your family life on top of that exactly that can kind of be scary stressful i guess for me like anytime i'm scared i'm also stressed
1: yeah like, exactly
0: it's it's weird like uh Like, I don't know. I'll just be thinking a million miles an hour about things that sometimes they matter a whole lot. Sometimes I'm throwing them out of proportion and it turns into just one big stress thing.
1: You know, you just brung that to my mind. Whenever I'm like, uh, whenever I'm like, whenever I feel like anxious of any kind, I feel like I feel more stressed than anxious. You know what I mean? Like a, I
0: think so, but you have to explain it to me.
1: Like for instance, whenever I'm on the, uh, whenever I'm driving, and then I'm I'm trying to merge onto the interstate, and then I see a car, and I'm like, "You gonna let me merge or what?" Like, I feel a little a little bit of anxiety, but uh-huh. then like a lot a lot of stress comes with that, and I'll say mm-hmm. stuff like out of stress, you know.
0: Yeah. So is it like, uh, is like anxiety is stress about the future and stress is like what you're going through in the moment? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not far enough to know the difference between anxiety and stress. <laughs> yeah. I can't understand. Um, but yeah, I see what you're talking about, like acting out of it because you don't really know what to do. Um, I was reading an interesting, uh, Interesting chapter in the book of Psalms. Uh I guess it's popular, but I really haven't read over it much. I had a friend. Uh he's a army pirate first class. He had Psalm ninety one tattooed on his arm.
1: And I have a question. It, yeah, what's up? Is that a private first class basically like a A one C?
0: Yeah, it's an A one C. Airman First <laughs> Class. For those of you who don't know Uh, both uh, A1Cs and PFCs, so Airman First Class, Prior First Class, that's an enlisted rank 3 in the total enlisted rank structure of 9. So you're like a third of the way through the ranks. Yeah!
1: Um,
0: But yeah, a Prior First Class, he had um, Psalm 91 tattooed on his arm. I was like, oh, that's cool. It was wrapped around his whole forearm It like took up his entire form was pretty big, but, um, I, I guess it was popular, but I hadn't really read it much. And then I was reading it earlier and it was really, really interesting. It was talking about how you can be, uh, you can feel like you're surrounded by, uh, like traps of life and stress and things that you think just are trying to destroy you basically and overcome you like all the traffic stress that we're talking about. um, But it it gave like a little nugget, like almost like a cheat code for life. It was like, hey, if you just put your trust in God and you call on Him, and it, it repeated that. It said, put trust in God then, dot, dot, dot. It kept repeating that little thing. It was like, okay, this is the first step, and then you get this. So then if you put your trust in God, it said, basically, that's one thing that you give to God, and He gives you like 10 things. He comforts you. He satisfies you he defends you he protects you he does all this stuff if all you do is trust him and understand that he is the one best to overcome the situation for you and uh i I thought that was pretty interesting because i sometimes i'll like i'll make scripture more complicated than it is like i'll go okay uh I'm going to read these verses, but oh wait, that word, I wanna see what the Hebrew word for it is and see what all the different definitions of the Hebrew word are, and then link that to later in the scripture and oh it doesn't work out. Okay, let me try and, and get another word. Like I make it more complicated than it needs to be. Yeah. And so I was reading this chapter, I'm like, Oh my goodness, in the beginning, the author says I want the word. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to do that. No, it's okay, it's okay. Uh, <laughs> I had to do that. <laughs> In the beginning of the chapter, it's like, okay, if you trust in God, He'll protect you. Then it listed all this stuff He'll, He'll, God will do to protect you. And then at the end, it was like, this is what God will do. And like, what, what God says, basically, since He calls on me, I will go protect Him. I was like, oh my goodness, it's so clear and plain and simple, like a cheat code. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was amazing.
1: Yeah. Um, most definitely, like, I can relate to that. That, oh, you just wrong about something to me. Um, That's something that I fear right there. Sometimes I'm, I, I fear that I'm not getting the right understanding from the Bible, and I'm going basically in a 180 direction the way God wants me to go. Like, mm-hmm. the, I'm taking something from the Scripture, and I'm running with it, and then next thing you know, I'm completely away from God. And oh, God's yeah. saying no, that's like God's. Uh, like no, that's not where I wanted you to go. I'm here. You're all the way over there. Like, uh-huh. like I, I do fear that a lot. That, and then not only getting the wrong understanding for myself, but then giving that understanding to other people, therefore misleading, misleading other people and causing them to stumble. That is something that I fear. Hmm. I think definitely
0: for a lot of people who are. Anyone that's trying to honestly, like, grow their relationship with God, I feel, is going to, like, struggle with that. But most definitely people who are starting a relationship with God and going, okay, this is new to me, but, like, God, I want to try this. I want to give this a shot, try and start a relationship with you. I think that's definitely a thing that worries people. Like, okay, am I doing it right? And then you think, okay, I I don't really have anyone to tell me if I'm doing it right, so I'm going to try this and go with it. And oftentimes that's not the right thing to do, like going by your emotions or something. So whenever you're in that situation, what do you do?
1: When I'm in the situation?
0: Yeah, like if you're like, oh. Oh, uh, I'm glad
1: you asked that. Like um, whenever I'm in that situation, one thing I, I learned the way God speaks, if it goes against any of those Ten Commandments, then it is wrong. One th- God is a God of truth and righteousness, and he will never break his word. So I usually tend to uh, secondarily check with myself, like, hmm, am I letting my emotions get involved and determine an answer, or am mm-hmm. I, am I letting God? Am I letting God tell me the answer? Like, uh, I found myself doing that the other day. I was at work, and I was studying the Bible. And I can't forget what exactly what I was hitting on. But I know, basically, I had wrote almost a whole page of notes. Let me, hang on, give me one second. I'm going to try to remember what I was writing about. Oh, I was trying to determine, uh, I was trying to get understanding on, uh, Everything like the saying that everything that comes from God comes with peace and confirmation, Uh but always confirmed with the Bible. And uh, I read more and more and more. And then I was trying to I was basically trying to prove that everything that came from God did not come with peace and confirmation, basically. But I came to a conclusion that nine times out of 10, it, it is written. It's written in the Bible. And uh, basically, I came with a conclusion, basically completely different than the question uh, or the—I uh, mean—the answer that I wanted it to be. And I ended up like Xing out a whole page that I had written just to write one sentence on the back of a conclusion that came from the Bible. <laughs> And a lot of times, it's like you—you you really, like the Bible says, don't fool yourself. Do not, it, it is, uh, the Bible warns of that. It says, don't fool yourself because you really got to, whenever you're coming to God, you got to, you, you don't know anything. You got to put all of your understanding out the window, all of your emotions out the window and let God do what he does best.
0: Uh-huh. You know what I was thinking whenever you were talking about, uh, not letting your emotions get in the way of, of making decisions. Uh, that God wants you to make, so i'll I'll use this depiction, but if you're listening to this battle, kind of just personalize it to yourself. but this is what I think of sometimes i'll I'll get this nudge, and I know it's from God. God tells us that his children were made to be able to understand his voice and discern his voice, so I, I know that the nudge is from God. It's not necessarily an audible voice, but it's a nudge. And I I know that God's trying to make me know something. And so what he'll tell me is like, not necessarily audibly, but he'll tell me, hey, don't eat that entire box of French fries. And I'll go, okay, i got it. Most definitely. That's totally a doable thing. And then like, say two hours later, I'm like, oh, those French fries look really good. I'm just going to have like one fry. And God's telling me, "Hey, don't eat that box of French fries." And I'm like, "Okay, I totally understand that. I'm not going to eat the whole box; I'm just going to have one little fry." And so I have one little fry, and I'm like, "That tasted really good, but I'm not going to have the whole box of French fries." And God's like, "Don't have the whole box of French fries." I'm like, "Yeah, totally no. I'm just going to have one more." And then I'll have like one more, and then God's like, "Don't eat the whole box of French fries." And then I'm like, two, three French fries in, and I'm like, God did you really tell me not to eat the whole box of french fries? Like, Or was it just I've already had my a couple. Conscience. Was it just me? Because these french fries taste really good. And at this point, I can't really figure out your voice. And at that point, after you've already eaten a couple french fries, there's no voice. There's no voice to discern because your own voice is already so loud blaring out God's voice. There is like, unless God comes and slaps you upside the head, like like he shined a a bright light up in front of paul to turn him away like you're on that road that paul was on you're headed to eat the whole box of french fries you can't just debate in your own mind like "Hmm, did you or did you not lord give me a sign right now if i don't get a sign i'm gonna eat the whole box like it doesn't work that way you have to hold like you have to completely remove yourself from the situation which is, is so right. foreign to us because, like, we want to do what we think is right. And it seems so wrong to depend on an understanding that you can't see. Like, you can't see God, but you're depending on his understanding. So you have to just remove yourself from the situation. Wait until those French fries are out of your system and then go, okay, now, Lord, what are you trying to tell me? And then you can better understand his voice. Another
1: enough, Yeah. Don't lesson learned. Don't eat all the French fries.
0: Don't eat all the French fries. Yeah. Or don't eat any of the French fries, because then you're gonna eat the whole box of French fries.
1: <laughs> Another thing to um on when you're walking on this path and you're um trying to figure out whether it's God or not, or is this or, or if it's yourself, nine times out of ten if it pleases your flesh, if it satisfies your flesh, it's it's not exactly for you or from God, because the it's written to deny your flesh with with all you have and to be in the spirit. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that's a good. And that
0: right that. there, yeah, that's totally true. It is difficult though when you say like when you're starting out in your walk of faith, and even later on down the road to discern what's your spirit uh, what your spirit needs to satisfy it and what your flesh needs to satisfy it like to differentiate between the two mm-hmm. and then totally like before starting a walk with Christ you, there's no way to tell the difference you're probably nine times out of ten going to go for flesh because you don't really have the Holy Spirit guiding you towards the spiritual hunger but yeah. it, yeah it's so difficult but it goes back to what you were saying about confirming uh, things by God's word. It's whatever God wants you to do, whatever you're, whatever his spirit wants to do through you when it lives inside you, it's never going to contradict God's word, ever. 100% exactly. of the time, it's going to align never. with it.
1: It will never contradict God's word. It will never. And like,
0: it doesn't it doesn't because for me, sometimes I'll be like, okay does this contradict God's word? And then I'm like, huh, I've only memorized like two scriptures <laughs> one scripture. Uh, there's no way I'm going to figure out if this specifically aligns with God's word. Um, but then I think, okay, wait, I don't have to go and read the entire Bible front to end. Like, that's great. But especially for people who are starting their walk with Christ, a great thing you can, what, uh, what I've learned I can do is go, okay, I have looked at the life of Christ enough to ask myself what would Jesus do in this situation or what would God do in this situation if God is completely love like if my solution to this is love in some form or another then it can't like contradict God's word I think sometimes just trying to align things with God's word can be overwhelming I've seen that before with myself, and uh, I feel like other people might deal with that too. Especially starting their Christian life is uh,
1: just being overwhelmed
0: with, okay, how do I know if it? Yeah, aligns? for sure.
1: Um, another thing um, for confirmation of God's word, pray for the Spirit of wisdom to follow amongst you. The Spirit of wisdom, it yeah. uh, that's written the spirit of wisdom is a real thing and God will put it amongst you when you, whenever you call out to it and uh, it'll give you understanding. Like um, you remember when we were talking about paradoxical faith, paradoxical. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I pronounced that right, but yeah, um, I found something like in there I was discovering, um, Hang on, I actually wrote it down in my notes. Give me one second. For so, sure, you know, here it is. I, it was right on there. This was meant to happen.
0: That was fast.
1: I, yeah, as soon as I opened my notes, it was the last thing that I read. The Bible says if you do not forgive, you will not be forgiven. But then I know a lot of people will come and they're like, I thought God was the God of all forgiveness and he will always forgive you. But when you stand before God on the final day, Uh, One of the things that Jesus tells us to do is to forgive. And and then here's the note. It says, if you are not truly forgiving, then you are not truly saved. To be truly saved is to forgive and be pure. And if you are not truly saved, then how can you be forgiven? So a lot of people will be like, oh, well, I thought God was the God of forgiveness, but He's not gonna forgive me if I don't forgive somebody. Yeah, well, like,
0: hang on. It, yeah, the that that explains it really well. What what scripture was that?
1: Oh no, that was something that was something that I wrote down in my notes.
0: But it it I feel like it also comes from like a scripture because it totally aligns with. God's whole intention of coming to save us because he came into this world to save sin, one of them being like contempt against each other. And so one of the things that he came to free us from is just, uh, holding things against each other and keeping us from seeing each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. So yeah, you totally need to forgive others in order for, god in order for you to actually be saved from the ties of the world and then he's not necessarily like rejecting you but as a father would discipline their kids yeah he he can't bring you into this great reward if you're not set apart for him exactly like if you're still clinging to the world and clinging to contempt
1: like then yeah You just, like, again, just pray for that spirit of wisdom to fall amongst you. And then you were saying, like, like, you were just saying, uh, dang it, I forgot just like that what is going on. But, yeah, basically, he won't forgive you and stuff like that. And, uh... uh And then you, you get the question a lot. If God is so good, why does he send people to hell? Well, it is because God is so good. This this aligns up with something you were just saying, but I can't remember exactly what you just said, but I, it just gave me this thought. But anyways, it's because God is so good that he sends people to hell. God is so pure and righteous that he cannot, he cannot dwell in the same place is sin and impureness what good would a god be to, to like to have good and bad and the same good and bad is in this world and what does it create? Chaos. What good would a god be to have them dwelling in the same place for all eternity just for there to be chaos? No, that's not the god that we huh? serve.
0: And I think there's definitely still something to be said about God still, like, God does not need to restrict himself to heaven. That's such a boundary on him, like, for him to put himself there. And then on top of that, to put himself in the form of man on earth is, like, crazy to think about. One, you don't have to restrict yourself to this awesome place called heaven, because that's too small for you. And then on top of that, you don't have to restrict yourself to this tiny little ball of earth. Where so many horrible people live exactly. that have totally rejected you.
1: Honestly, so it would, oh, yeah, I was saying like honestly, it would break my heart if uh, if God came back just to like live amongst the people, yo. Like, cause well, He already did it, and we saw what happened the first time. And it, man, bro, that would break my heart, honestly. So. To have someone so pure and so loving come amongst these people, and for them to slander him and, and and criticize him, bro, that would break my heart. God, like, man, yeah,
0: yeah, it'd be rough. But like, I'm also, I also think back at like, um, like, I don't know, I, I feel so grateful that I live in a time where I can look back at those stories look back at the lessons that I grew up in a household that taught me those lessons Yeah, because back in that time like imagine how difficult it would have been for them to leave the life of rules that they had grown up in to cling to the revelation of God in Christ like for them to go okay you this To super insignificant person you are like the next uh you're the revelation of all this that we've learned it's not what we thought it was going to be but yes we'll believe in you like that that would have been so hard the people that did start believing in god at that time like it's amazing but at this point, I don't think there would be so many people that would go, "Oh my goodness, that's so sad! Like, how could you you hate God?" I feel like it would almost be the same turnout because God would not come in the way that everyone would think, and so because He would want to challenge faith and, and make exactly. you clean him.
1: Like, that's just the. Do you? How do we have a humble God? You, man, bro, do you know how good God is? Man, how do we have a God that's so humble? That he will come down and dwell amongst the people, just like I cannot like me myself. If I was a god, not trying to blasphemy blasphemy or anything, but I don't like how can a god be that? That's crazy to me, bro. Like God can literally yeah, that's very the crazy. power and the might of God. God can literally come down here and shut it all down with one snap of his finger and do anything at the will of his that, at his word but does he know? cause that's how good he is he's a humble god that it, man yo uh-huh. like just think of it bro if you were a god sometimes I don't know man I guess god is good yo
0: yeah, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> it goes back to the paradoxical faith that we were talking about. Um, but to go to go back to what you were saying about praying for wisdom, it's really great that uh, this just adds to how humble and uh, amazing he is, is. He'll give it to you if you ask for it.
1: Exactly. Things like
0: wisdom and peace, he wants to give it to you. You just have to ask for it because... You can't go, oh, you have peace? Okay, yeah, I'll take that. But, like, I'm going to put all my attention into this completely other thing because it's going to satisfy me. Like, no. You have to cling to God because he's the one that satisfies you. But, like, I, I like how you mentioned praying for it because prayer is such an awesome thing. And I think we could totally even do an episode on prayer in itself. Just, like, being able to talk with God. it's It's cool.
1: Prayer is like prayer is a is a stronger weapon than what prayer is often taken for granted. A lot of times.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um. It actually looks like we're getting to the end of our conversation, but dude, I've I've loved this talk. <laughs> this has been really cool. Yeah. Um, But hey, if y'all want to hear a talk about prayer or a continuation of anything we've talked about already, uh, please, please, please reach out to us. We'd love to talk more about the stuff that y'all want to hear. Um, You can reach us on Instagram at Revely Revival. Um, You can DM us there. And then if you want, you can talk to us about getting on the podcast live, which would be super cool to talk to you on here. Um, But yeah. All right, thanks for talking, Airman Battle. It's been fun. No problem, no problem.
1: Anytime.
0: All right, we'll catch y'all next time in the next episode. Have a great rest of your week. Peace, y'all.
1: Peace.